1: It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Well, one of the things uh, that really hasn't been talked about a lot in the mainstream media with the uh, the special counsel and the report on uh, Joe Biden is uh, the fact that the House Oversight Committee and James Comer very, very interested in the timelines mm. of and and the discovery of certain top secret documents that Joe Biden had that Hunter Biden would have had access to and then looking at the timeline of when he acquired and had those top secret documents concerning Ukraine in areas where Hunter was and then looking at when did the change because this is the point that happened. Remember, there was the the uh, uh, the, the the talk that Chokin, the prosecutor, was corrupt. Right. And everybody knew right. he was corrupt. Mm-hmm. And you go back, I'm reading Margot Cleveland and the Federalist.com saying, going through the timeline, saying, no, that wasn't always the case. But no, the prosecutor doing a great job, great job, great job, great job, great job. And at the time when then Biden got involved and his son was involved, the all of a sudden the suspicion, no, he's a dirty prosecutor. Mm. And so the belief is that's where the pay for play was. Right. That's where the change in U.S. government policy happened. Mm -hmm. And it was because the Biden family enriched themselves. Is the road they're going down? Right. Is the investigative road uh, that they're going down? Uh, Margot Cleveland writes in The Federalist, among the material recovered from President Biden's unauthorized storage locales were several top secret and, uh, and otherwise classified or confidential documents discussing Ukraine. One updated or one undated document discussed issues related to Russian aggression uh, towards Ukraine. Another uh, consisted of a memorandum for the president from staff members with the subject U.S. energy assistance to Ukraine, also dated September 17, 2014. An event memo from the vice president, uh, vice presidential national security staffer titled Lunch with the Ukrainian President. Poroshenko which was scheduled for the following day the overlap between Joe Biden's Ukraine related work and Hunter Biden's Burisma profiteering became more pronounced in 2015 and then goes through everything uh there that entire timeline I'm not going to go through it because this is like it would it might take me it might take me an hour to explain all the minutiae of it just trying to give you a overall all overall umbrella of what the republicans are looking at right and uh, it said during biden's visit to ukraine the following week the vice president threatened to withhold a u.n loan guarantee from the country and yes the ukrainian president fired the prosecutor general shokin was later fired and biden bragged about it last week the special counsel reported recovering documents classified as secret dated december 12 2014 setting forth the purpose and talking points uh, with uh, the Ukrainian prime minister. A transcript of the call between Biden and the prime minister was attached with a handwritten post-it note showing the then-VP had directed his executive assistant uh, get copies of the conversation uh, for my records, please. The transcript labeled confidential and uh, eyes only do not copy, according to the special counsel, included pleasantries, exchange between the two and the Prime Minister heaping praise upon Mr. Biden's December 9, 2015 speech to the Ukrainian Parliament. In that speech, uh he said it's not enough to set up a new anti-corruption bureau and establish a special prosecutor fighting corruption. The Office of General Prosecutor generally desperately needs uh reform. Biden continues to maintain that his demands to Ukraine to fire the Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin represented U.S. policy, but that policy seemed to have made a sharp turn just months earlier. For instance, according to the House Oversight Committee, in June of 2015, the Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs, Victoria Nuland, wrote the Prosecutor General applauding his office's progress on anti-corruption efforts. Then the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Pyatt, would likewise publicly state in September of 2015, we want to work with Prosecutor General Shokin. Uh, so the prosecutor is leading the fight against corruption. That same month, the Interagency Policy Committee asserted that the prosecutor general had made significant progress in comb- combating Corruption to warrant a third guarantee of a $1 billion loan, according to James Comer. As part of its impeachment inquiry, the House Oversight Committee has been seeking records to establish how American policy shifted from supporting Shokin to demanding his firing. And now that the special counsel investigation into Biden has ended, Comer is demanding unfettered access to these documents to determine if President Biden's retention of sensitive documents were used to help the Biden's influence peddling as Comer stressed in relation or excuse me, in addition to the Ukraine related documents, top secret and classified documents connected to China, another key source of Hunter Biden's millions were recovered. And that's the one thing that wasn't discussed in there. His son's access to the top secret materials from things that his deals and things that his son were involved in, but especially looking, because remember remember the defense was, and it was so loud, that Shokin is corrupt, Shokin is corrupt. And when the Republicans and the House Oversight Committee hit back really hard on it, Republicans on it, the Democrats, that seemed to be lost as a talking point.
1: And yeah, I don't know right. why. I don't
2: know what, what they knew that made them, because we see that the administration, for God's sakes, so the administration is trying to convince you that Biden has the energy uh, of a twenty of a twenty five year old Albert Einstein, the energy and brain of a twenty five year old Albert Einstein. I mean, they're just yeah. they're jumping the shark. Good God, if this was Fonzie j- jumping the shark, it would have been it would have been across the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. And and but I find it interesting that there is no defense saying no Shokin was corrupt. You don't hear that anymore from Democrats. You may, but you haven't really for the last six months. Right. You just haven't heard it. Right. And we always ask the question because we were always shocked at how quickly they went after to impeach Trump for something that wasn't a crime. Well, and something where obviously there was concern that there was corruption of the Bidens in Ukraine, even in the Obama White House. Well, and, and that's, there were concerns about corruption of Biden.
0: Well, and, and that's sun. that's the thing is that and you look at the nature of how that impeachment went down and it had been months and months and months of then Speaker Pelosi saying, no, no impeachment, no impeachment, no impeachment. The phone call happens, Trump and Zelensky. And then the phone call is populated with, in part, one of the CIA officers that was assigned to Biden as vice president. In Ukraine, on Ukraine matters specifically, then ran to Adam Schiff's office. That CIA officer ran to Adam Schiff's office and said, hey, this is what went down. And then Adam Schiff's office took it and ran. All of a sudden, Speaker Pelosi's tune was changing. Oh, yeah, now we're going to look into an impeachment inquiry. And then it, it started to go into motion. And now looking back on it, it was like, oh, Trump was getting close to the fire. And when you look at that, that had to be that had to be the case. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but. I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love. When you use the code CPREDEYE, that's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6.
2: Well, I think when you when you look at it, this is one of the biggest stories. But the mainstream media, of course, is ignoring. But you can't stop it from progressing. The news, the news is going to continue. Yeah, to you progress.
0: can't now. You can't now. It's way,
2: Everything right. is out. But you know, to know that that's what they're looking at. You know, as one of the po- and for that because that's the big one. Because not only would you sit there and say, "Okay," the change in U.S. policy on Shokin. Mm-hmm was because the Hunter-Biden family became en- enriched because of it, right. and that's what helped drive the policy. That's what they were pushing, and that's what they got. Right. Uh, and that opens up all the questions on the impeachment at that point because at that point, you've got to reverse the impeachment. Oh, if no. They, if is, if, if they, this all
0: unravels, that you know, in the back of my mind, it's I've kind of had that question on a shelf, just waiting, basically, to, all right, hold on a second. If we walk through all of this and everything is fully demonstrated and clear, how do you not reverse that impeachment with this new information? Because now it looks, right now, it looks totally
2: different. And here's what they're also looking at here, because this is, this is. I mean, this could... If this was a TV show and and uh, Reacher was involved in it, I'd be watching it. Mm-hmm. The key here, however, is not whether Joe Biden retained the documents to further Hunter Biden's selling of access. You said it's an important part, but that's not the key. Mm. But the key is whether he shared details he had learned from his position as vice president with Hunter Given the thousands of emails Vice President Biden exchanged using pseudonyms, the fact that he had no problem sharing classified information with his ghostwriter and that he has lied repeatedly about his involvement with Hunter Biden's business affairs, it is not a stretch to believe he shared confidential information with his son to advance Hunter's pay-to-play scheme. But the special counsel makes one more thing clear. Joe Biden will never face a jury, not because he's innocent, but because he lacks the mental competence. Attorney General Merrick Garland apparently concurred in that assessment as he approved her's report. So surely then Garland, as a member of the co- uh, of the cabinet, is discussing with his fellow cabinet members the need to invoke the 25th Amendment, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> She's being sarcastic right. there. yeah. Completely. Yeah, certainly that's happening. But, um, but yeah, but that's fascinating because we knew they were going that direction. Mm-hmm. And we had, I think we'd asked a question off the air to each other. Okay, what happens now? What are they going to get? I mean, what can they get from the special counsel on all these records with Burisma, whatever, and all of a sudden you're seeing that the House Oversight Committee yeah. the other day wanted it and then more articles being written. Okay, what are they specifically looking into?
0: Well, and I said to you, uh, we were actually heading out the door after one of the shows the other day. I said, I'm very interested to find out what was in those documents that he had, and and the fact that we we had talked about um, the very reality of the setting, and that is Hunter Biden coming and going, whether he's visiting or living there, with his father had access to these documents. They weren't secured somewhere in the garage remember they were kind of spread out somewhere in the garage then you go to the UPenn uh, office and who knows how, who had access to that office
2: the the fact is as we've say, you know stated and we said you know we had asked the question early on well, wait a minute is what they accuse Biden of worse than Trump since Trump was at least president and you can talk about the negotiations going back and forth even if Trump disagreed with the National Archives on it.
0: Right. These weren't no, documents. Right. Uh,
2: Biden he, was never Bi- president. Biden was when never president, took- and he had these for years upon years. He should not have had them in the first place. Right. Outside of an—he should have never been able to take them anywhere in the first place to his residence. He wasn't president. Right. And so we know he did that over a period of a decade.
0: Well, I'm, I'm interested in going even further back in the timeline. You know, what drove what? Was learning, was taking that, you know, the, the information from these documents, kind of shaping what the future of, would be of, you know, setting up his son in a position to be able to gain from helping somebody? In, in a foreign entity or foreign business like Burisma, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm asking questions. What all? Just like with uh, with Mueller, if you know, we said, look, if Mueller doesn't go all the way back uh, to the very beginning on the on that whole Russian hoax thing, then it's not a full investigation. Well, in this case, with with these documents and the beginning of those, the, the very beginning of taking those documents what was in those documents at the time, how much of that shaped the financial gains of the family deliberately by putting it all together and saying, here's where
2: you could gain. We'll continue on that point next, 866-90-RED-EYE. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. Another upward bark for world wheat production
3: per USDA's February Global Outlook. Production, we raised about 800,000 tons this month from January. It's going to be the second largest crop on record. And the highlights by country and producing region, according to World Agricultural Outlook Board Chair Mark Jekinowski. We raised Argentina's production by half a million tons. EU, we dropped by 300,000 tons. We're also looking at some final production estimates from Kazakhstan and others. Several export forecasts by country were also increased this month by USDA. Including UK. Crane also raised our export forecast for Australia and Argentina. Minimal changes occurred in the U.S. wheat balance sheet. Notable, though, was incorporation of USDA's flour milling product report. That showed lower than expected wheat food use in the U.S. It was actually the lowest reported domestic flour milling since that series has been collected. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C.
1: This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Lubes. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
2: It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. You, you know, I was I was just thinking here uh, when we're talking about uh, what uh, the House Oversight Committee and, and uh, James Comer did. I say Comey before I meant Comer. If I said Comey, I don't know. I don't think I said Comey, but I just if I did, I meant Comer. James Comey has got nothing to do with any of this right now, <laughs> right? Uh, but uh, when we were looking at you know what the Oversight Committee is looking at, coming from this special counsel report on Biden which is looking at the classified documents that he kept. And now they're looking at the timeline of, okay, what Ukrainian documents did he have? And exactly when did he have them at the house? And how does that coincide with the U S changing their policy on the special prosecutor Shokin in Ukraine, which is why they impeached Trump. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't write this. if, If you think about it. And the other thing, that i find interesting is the white house is out now this guy's got more vigor he's got more energy he runs circles around everyone now mm-hmm. we all know that he's lying but on on the the uh, the whole biden family enterprise no joe had no idea what was going on Mm -hmm. It was the illusion of influence Mm -hmm. that Hunter and the brothers ran Mm -hmm. and set up all of these LLCs and bank accounts to enrich the entire Biden family. So the entire Biden family is completely corrupt. But Joe, who is full of vigor and critical thinking and observes everything so clearly, had no idea that his entire family was ripping him off By using his name in the presidency.
0: And what was Jill Biden's involvement in all of it? She seems to be one of those saying he's fine. He's got plenty of energy. Maybe the whole family. Maybe we've got it all wrong. Maybe the whole family is propping him up so they can keep making money off
2: of his name. Right. It's it's not uh, Weekend at Bernie's. It's 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 a two term presidency at Bernie. It's career a political career at Joe's. Exactly, house. exactly. Just amazing, you know. But both can't be true, and that's what they're trying to convince it's, you of.
0: Exactly.
1: To trigger somebody right now, Gary McNamara and Eric Harley on Red Eye Radio.
2: And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. All right. Now, uh, Trump and the the Georgia case, he's in Willis. Mm. This keeps taking a new turn every single day, doesn't it? Wow. Not? I yeah, mean, it seems crazy. like every single day it takes a turn. Uh, we'll let the... Uh, John Roberts explain it and then go to Jonathan Turley to answer Uh, constitutional law professor Jonathan Turley um, uh, was uh, on Fox News yesterday on it. Here we go. Immediately at issue Jonathan is when the relationship between Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade began. They insist that it didn't start until after Wade was hired in 2022. But Wade's former divorce lawyer, who is also a colleague at his law firm, his name is Terrence Bradley, claims that the relationship began way back in 2021 before Fannie Willis even became the attorney general. That's a huge discrepancy.
3: It is, and this universe just gets stranger and stranger. Usually a former counsel, let alone a former partner, doesn't come forth with evidence suggesting that you have lied. But what makes this very serious is that these alleged false statements were put into an affidavit, which were, and that affidavit was filed with other papers with the court. Keep in mind, Wade and Willis are prosecuting defendants in this case mm. for making false statements and filing uh, false papers uh, uh, or material with the court. so they are prosecuting people for exactly hmm. this type of allegation now that's not the type of experience you're looking for in prosecutors. it's the type of thing that raises conflicts of interest. but if it is shown and these and it's being suggested there are witnesses to this fact uh, that their relationship preceded the hiring of Nathan Wade. They're in serious uh, difficulty. I mean, they, they are being accused of filing false statements with a court.
2: Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's just, as I told you earlier, and I have no idea where this is going to end up, but could imagine the charges are dropped against Trump and Fonnie Willis goes to prison. There's a real possibility well, of that now. And because, because the when you think about it, if it is, and uh, you know, we find out this testimony is, and they'll find out. I mean, they'll they'll be able to figure that out. You know, when they you know when they were with each other, or if he starts talking about it, there will be people that will remember them mm-hmm. in particular places. But the fact is, she filed. If she filed, and was lying about it, that she only started dating him. After she hired him for this particular case, the that that particular you know fraudulent statement given to the court was done. You can make the case to protect uh, him still being on the case and that money coming in. So you've got the money angle, but then you have the other angle of she's prosecuting a former president of the United States on RICO charges that are completely and totally bogus. There should be no RICO charges right. Right. in here whatsoever because the Republic, the uh, Donald Trump campaign was not a criminal enterprise. Right. There, by no definition. was So she's stretching the law, and in order to stretch the law, to what the opposition, the Republicans believe, is just an exercise in election interference. She is lying on a court document to not only keep her own personal self-interest, which is her boyfriend and the money that was coming in from it, but also to keep the prosecution going of the political opposition on extremely suspicious charges. I'll call them what I believe they are, bogus charges against the president. You can't apply RICO here because there was no criminal enterprise. Right. And by any definition of the law, there is no... And you see what the Democrats are doing across the board, whether it's there or whether it's the state attorney generals totally defying the Constitution trying to kick Trump off the state ballots. And you can sit there and look and you can say, okay, there's, you you can connect the dots here and say, okay, this seems to be a a common factor uh, going on with prosecutors in the Democratic Party for the 2024 election. Mm -hmm. But for her to lie for those number of reasons, would that get her jail time? I don't know. It would get her disbarred, I believe.
0: Yeah, I think uh, any and all the above are possible, right. but it, it's about what what can be proven, what actually did happen, and then beyond that, what can be proven. Um, but you look at the implosion of the case. Because at first when it came out from the divorce of her boyfriend, these documents and, and information that was coming out about all of this, there were some in the in the uh, mainstream media that were saying well that doesn't really mean that the trump case goes away or it doesn't really compromise the trump case necessarily and i thought yeah well wait for it cuz we're early in this whole thing and the fact that she didn't come out to the podium immediately and say all of this is false you knew something was going on it took her days to respond And when she did, she just said, it's racism. So now you're learning more and more and more and more. And this whole thing could be an implosion of the case against Trump, which was weak to begin with, but also the building of a case against Fannie Willis herself. If indeed she broke the law. And you know, there has to be, I mean, there has to be, willing prosecution out there. There also has to be willing uh, authority in terms of investigating this whole thing. Because you've got to look at this actually with every single thing now that's out there that's in question, all of it has to be looked at. You can't not look at it.
2: No, that's a great point.
0: So it's not something where you could just say, even if she came out tomorrow and said, look, we're dropping the case against Trump, that would actually put more spotlight on herself. There's no way to win this. All of this has to be looked at. All of her behavior that's in question now has to be followed through with a real investigation that won't go very far to find. I mean, you won't have to go very far to find the truth. You need to find out, you know, again, what the timeline was. And the question is, did she file false documents? If she did, man, the irony here is thick.
2: No, is she's it's a, thick. It, it's thick. And I, I would think that because of the, the level of what they were, what they are attempting to do. Yeah. Filing right. bogus charges, trying to do everything possible. Uh, on election interference, to get a prosecution. doesn't matter if the if pro- if the if the case is overturned later on down the road. It's the
0: influencing it, of the election it's itself. It's the influence
2: on the uh, election itself by bogus charges. I don't know anybody. I don't know any serious prosecutor out there, Democrat or Republican, that I've seen that says, oh no, these RICO charges, that the campaign was a criminal enterprise. Right. Can't make that case. No. no if you know yeah. anything about RICO, RICO right. was going after the mob. Right. And The mob, that's all they are, is a criminal enterprise. Mm -hmm. The only thing they do is get money illegally. Mm -hmm. And so the concept isn't a RICO charge, is if you're in that criminal enterprise, which is clear. There is no other reason for the mob exists except to break laws and get rich. That's why they exist. Well, then you know that's a criminal enterprise. And RICO made it clear that in order to tie people into the conspiracy you had to prove it to be a criminal enterprise. There's no way right. you can prove that the Trump campaign was a criminal enterprise.
0: No, but it makes you wonder about the other side. Not that it's a criminal enterprise, but rhetorically, instead of Trump derangement syndrome, the Trump derangement syndicate.
2: But remember, Trump went after Hillary with a civil RICO charge mm-hmm. that, that, uh, the democratic party was a criminal enterprise for the for everything they did were taking that money and giving it to perkins Cooey and then just everything that happened afterwards whether it, the the money that went to create the false dossier mm-hmm. uh fusion you know GPS the the, the, the right the fusion gps the the making up the the uh, the, the story about uh, about trump uh, what was the, the, uh, the story on, um, I got my blank here, the, the second part of the, as we called it, the, the enterprise. And the fact is that was thrown out of court quickly because they said there's no criminal enterprise. A political party just does not exist to commit crime. They may right. commit a crime, right. but that doesn't fit Rico. You can still go after them for the crime that they committed, but you can't go after them Rico wise. Right. And we had gone back and forth with that saying, well, there were two different criminal enterprises that were created inside of that party. The one to create the dossier and the other to create the story about the the bank, Trump and the bank. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, dealing, yeah. Yeah, dealing with the, uh, the, the Russian bank. Right. All complete falsehoods, all created by the Hillary campaign. But I'm sure they just they just threw that one out. I'm sure one of the reasons they threw it out is saying, okay, you can say there are things wrong civilly in here, and you can, you can go after those individuals, as was done in some cases. But the fact is, you can't use RICO, even the civil RICO law, because there's no criminal enterprise here. Not that there may not have been, doesn't matter if there were criminal acts inside of the Hillary campaign, it's the fact that the Hillary campaign was not set up to be a criminal enterprise from day one, and that's in essence what a criminal enterprise is. Right. Or unless something that was originally founded to be lawful and then becomes completely illegal across the board, that their only goal is to make money through criminal activity, and you can't make that you can't make that definition stick for a political party, even if crimes were committed.
0: Right. Regardless of your disdain for that party. Yes. Or campaign.
2: Yeah, so, and and so that's why you know you look at at this here, and I, I you know, you've got uh, the um, you know the other case with looking at the the immunity. Uh, I just don't know why you can't question early on whether this should even be in court with the RICO, not not maybe some of the other individual charges, but the RICO violation the conspiracy violation of it i don't see how that sticks i don't see how you even get mm-hmm. to court with mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. knowing how well defined the rico laws actually are and how they have been used in precedent right and what they were intended to do right i just don't see it because if you ever did get a conviction from a friendly jury to convict trump on rico charges I don't see how the Supreme Court doesn't eventually overturn that. Right. But that's not the point. They don't care. Just get the indictment. You have, a, excuse me, just get the conviction, and you have a better chance of winning. The Democrats have a better chance of winning the election. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it would be interesting if Fonnie Willis was the only one that went to jail here. Wow. Wow. Uh, But this
0: won't go away because now it's all on the surface.
2: You have to look at all of it. No, it's in the courts now. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE.
1: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
2: In Treadite Radio, he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Thank you for being here. I guess the House Oversight Committee today interviews Tony Bobulinski. All right. So, it's Tuesday, right? Yeah, okay. It so is Tuesday. It is, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is Tuesday. Hey, anybody who works overnight like we do, we know. What day we is all, it? We all know we forget that what day it is. What day it's, is it? <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, he's supposed to testify today. Mm-hmm. I was reading uh, Miranda Devine saying he's he probably most likely will be the best witness against uh against joe biden i think uh, as far as we
0: know right now probably the most central key player in that whole equation that we know again that we know of so far so
2: yeah he, he definitely last time we really saw him was in october of 2020 did he do another interview on fox maybe yeah he did last year he did year. something, he did last, something. Yeah. A short interview with uh, right. with them but but
0: i like actually the approach of and i don't know if it was his deliberate approach or not but basically look you know be the witness and write the book one day fine but be a, a witness be a factual witness and bring as much as you can to the situation at hand And then from there, you know, whatever you want to do is is fine. I don't mind him talking, but the more that he talks, the more that the left is going to want to go after him. It will be interesting to see what he has to say.
1: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.
2: Every story eventually comes to an
3: end. This June, hear the final episode of season two of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable
2: true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge seasons one and two of In the Red Clay now,
3: wherever you listen.